You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football. For SportingNews.com, we have the Start Sitcom, the Decider, up there you can check out, as well as our sleepers and bus picks and our weekly rankings across positions. Check them out here on Sporting News here on Locked On Fantasy Football. It's Matchup Thursday. That means we're going to break down the second half of games on the slate. We did the first half there on Matchup Wednesday. Makes sense to follow that show, so we'll do... A deep dive all the way through the Sunday night and Monday night game. Some marquee action for sure all the way. We have the Bucks, rams in a key spot there in the late afternoon. Then we also have the Packers and 49ers. Always a classic matchup there. And then a awesome NFC East rivalry renewed there in Monday Night Football when the Eagles travel to face the Cowboys. So we'll get through all those marquee games as well as uh, five more games on the back half of the schedule. We'll dive into those here in a moment. But I'm going to have to remind you about the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It's relaunching September 28th and it's going to have brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, so the game we didn't uh, get to there, we did leave off with the Bears-Browns game, so we'll continue with two teams from the AFC North and look at them in this matchup, but low scoring, 43 and a half is the over-under when the Bengals travel to the Steelers here. It's down to a three-point spread in favor of the Steelers. We know they have a lot of injury issues here. We're not sure about uh, Deontay Johnson playing here for the Steelers. We have uh, Ben Roethlisberger playing through a pectoral injury. He's not really played well when healthy this season, so a lot of concerns with the Steelers' offense. So Deontay Johnson's out. That's really going to help Chase Claypool here and Looking at Juju Smith-Schuster, his role has kind of expanded as well, and we're seeing a lot of those short passes. They're using some jet sweeps. Smith-Schuster scored in that type of play last week, so a lot of availability there, and they're going to obviously see a bump in targets. We'll see about Trey Waynes. He's the best Bengals corner. This Bengals pass defense has actually been pretty good. They've recorded three sacks in each of their first two games here, so that's not good for the Steelers' struggling offensive line here. Remixed, uh, starting basically 80% new here. It hasn't looked very good either in pass protecting Roethlisberger so he can stretch the field here, and he's already had trouble with his arm strength and do that. We know there are some limitations there. So a lot of the Steelers' offense we saw last year, even with Najee Harris in there. Harris did salvage his day there against the Raiders with a receiving score. I think that's how they're going to have to do it here. Short passes, so Juju, a lot of him underneath those 5-7 to seven yard passes, a lot of dump-offs here to Harris. That's how you're going to have to circumvent this problem here for the Steelers. So, and do I like their rushing chances? A little bit better. The Bengals have been a little bit vulnerable, but you can uh, run on them if you stick with it a little bit. So maybe they'll change their personnel a little bit, use the two tight ends there with uh, Eric Ebron, Pratt Freemuth, the rookie. Maybe a little bit of uh, Derek Watt there as well. So we'll see what they do here to mix it up. But they need to run the ball, take pressure up on Roethlisberger, especially if you don't have Deontay Johnson, the most reliable route runner. So we'll look at Johnson's status. If he's in there, he's always wide receiver two to me. 
Juju is a wide receiver three always uh, because of his low upside. And then Chase Claypool, more of a boomer bust. He can always go off in a week where he has those multiple touchdowns and make big plays and all that. But you're not really benching those guys here in the spot, especially if Waynes is out again for the Bengals here in their secondary. Not much else to see there. They can get really burned. So whoever's out there, Steelers, receivers, you go in that order. A wide receiver two for Johnson. Uh, maybe you get a slight bump up for Claypool and Smith-Schuster should Johnson missed the game. Najee Harris, just because of those offensive line issues, you got to keep him more that RB2 flex borderline. He's still very playable because of the volume he's going to get from Pittsburgh there. Now, the defense, I think they'll have TJ Watt back. We'll see about Alex Heisman to help them at the other edge rushing spot. They did have a lot of injuries last week that affected them against the Raiders. Devin Bush didn't play. Joe Hayden was banged up. Up front, they've been a little softer as well. So we need to see the Steelers play a little bit better. So Joe Mixon, I think you drop him down reasonably to more RB2 status this week there. The Bengals are still going to be about the passing game. The Steelers have given up big plays. We know that. It's good for Jamar Chase. We saw the home run ball that Henry Ruggs caught against the Steelers last week. Chase has been excellent at doing that in the games against the Vikings and Bears. So he's definitely in there every week for you. Another good value in DFS for you. Tyler Boyd, the Steelers have really struggled in the slot. If you look at their first two games for sure. You look at Cole Beasley having a lot of effect as well as Hunter Renfro. So Tyler Boyd should be rather busy and could lead this team in receptions and receiving yards overall. Chase makes a big play. Another concern here is T. Higgins. He's considered day-to-day. He's got a shoulder issue. So Higgins may not play. That could open things up for better targets for Chase and Boyd in this game as well to bump up their value. So something to look at. Again, the Steelers pass rush is daunting. Joe Burrow has kind of not looked good under pressure here early, trying to shake off the rust from that knee injury, missed time. It hasn't been great, but he's still producing the numbers, getting the ball in the hands of his wide receivers. So Mixon, I think, will help a little bit more this week. RB2 for Mixon. If uh, you have... Higgins missing, I think Chase bumps up more into wide receiver one, and Boyd goes into more wide receiver two status. So looking at that third key receiver, these two teams have uh, deep receiving cores, but we we could see one Higgins down for the Bengals and another Johnson down for the Steelers in this game, so we're looking for. So if I'm going to play defense in this game that isn't the Steelers, we know there's only one other choice. It's the Bengals. So Bengals might get some uh, sacks here, some cheap value here. If uh, you're really struggling to find somebody decent on the waiver wire, they have been looking pretty good up front with Trey Hendrickson and some of the guys that they have there in their upgrade. So something to watch there for sure. If you want some cheap Ben Roethlisberger turnover points with a pectoral injury playing through that, you could get it for sure from the Bengals. Now the next uh, matchup we'll look at here is the Falcons-Giants. This uh, spread has shrunk a little bit here. For the Giants, still minus three, 47 and a half. So four more points. So we don't expect a lot of points from that Bengals-Steelers game. But this game, lower scoring than you might think with these two offenses. Let's look at Matt Ryan just really struggling. But I think Matt Ryan's going to have volume. They can't force the running game anywhere. It's just not working with Mike Davis. The Giants are pretty good against the run. They're going to use more of Cordell Patterson. Russell Gage probably going to miss this game with an ankle injury, so down a receiver there. We'll see if they mix it up here, use Hayden Hurst, more 12 personnel playing off Kyle Pitts. I like Kyle Pitts a lot this week, as well as Calvin Ridley. The Giants gave up a touchdown to Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end, so I think Pitts finds the end zone for the first time in his NFL career after getting a nice second game of his career against the Buccaneers, so I think he builds on that. Calvin Ridley could see a little bit of James Bradbury, so the 
key for Calvin Ridley, how do they move him into the slot here? It's going to be a little bit more difficult with Gage not out there. So you might have that 12 personnel just to do that. They need to get him away from that Bradbury matchup as much as possible. There, Logan Ryan also banged up for the Giants, so that helps in the middle of the field. So really that's what the Falcons need to do. Use Ridley and Pitts in the middle and then uh, try to get big plays from someone outside. But it's not going to be Gage, I don't think, this week. Will it be a little bit of Olamita Zacchaeus? Will we see him get a little bit more involved? Uh, definitely could happen here in this game against the Giants. So something to watch. And Hayden Hurst as well, someone. But are we going to start either of those guys? No, but it's a development that we need to see if someone can emerge behind uh, Ridley and Pitts with uh, Gage likely on the shelf. So not going Davis there in the backfield, not going to Cordero Patterson. More too fluky gadget type player here. And not, not consistent to get the touches. So Ridley and Pitts, all we're going with. And uh, Matt Ryan, you can tie it in. I think he can have a 300-yard day with a couple scores. Maybe avoid those big turnovers he had last week. Uh, he was borderline uh, QB1 in deeper leagues last week, even with those pick sixes. So he's going to have to throw. Let's hope Arthur Smith realized their own two. Let's throw the ball. Let's not try to force this Mike Davis thing with our offensive line not to run blocking very well. For the struggles of Matt Ryan, he threw two pick sixes to the same player, Mike Edwards of the Buccaneers, last week. He was terrible in week one against the Eagles. So there's going to be some mistakes. The sacks are going to come in Matt Ryan. So you have to live with those for Matt Ryan's side, but you can also target the defense opposite Matt Ryan to make some big plays. So the Giants are pretty good defense. We know that Bradbury could give Ridley some trouble, maybe make Matt Ryan force it to somebody he doesn't want to and get some plays that way. They should get... Something out of their pass rush this week as well against this offensive line. So there's some points to be had. There are the Giants offense. Daniel Jones, great chance to stream him. Super flex, 2QB league, absolutely should be in there. But even in uh, moderate to deep just uh, redraft leagues, I think you could look at Daniel Jones this week. So, yeah, I love the way Daniel Jones is playing. He's been their leading rusher. He's dealing the ball to all these guys. I think it's a chance for Kenny Galladay to get going. We've already seen Sterling Shepard on fire here. Shepard is awesome. He's going to get open all over the field against this Falcon secondary. That stinks. They struggled against Chris Godwin last week. Struggling against Mike Evans. I'd say if Kenny Galladay is fine with that hip injury that's uh, popped up again for him, that he's going to make some big plays. Darius Slayton, dart throw for a big play in this one if you're looking for that. But you'll see more of the Giants' offense. And Evan Ingram might return. So we'll watch for him. Another mild defeat, I think, is still going to be more about the wide receivers here. And Saquon Barkley, is this the game where he gets going? He's had a long week to rest that knee here coming off Thursday night in week two. Will we see a regular Barkley? You still have to plug and play him. You drafted him high. He's no worse than an RB2 for a team. But let's see. Let's see some Saquon get going here. Maybe the game script will help. Maybe this Giants offense will get rolling against the Falcons and really set it up. So that's why I like... Matt Ryan, I think there's going to be a lot of garbage here. Barkley has an opportunity here in the second half to maybe put up some numbers that we haven't quite seen from the Giants because they were trailing big time in the first game and they were back and forth shootout with Washington. We want to see them play with a lead to see uh, how they use Barkley here. And that's, this could be an opportunity. So like pretty much everything on the Giants' uh, defense, uh, uh, offense, uh, Graham Gano, he's on fire as a kicker. You can like him as well. He just doesn't miss. So... He's a guy that uh, you can plug in and sh- maybe should be kicking in a lot of leagues at this point if you're still using that position. We still have six more games to talk about here in week number three. A lot of good stuff here. We love it. Breaking it down for you here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. No nonsense to the point. Fantasy football analysis. Another place where you get no nonsense to the point. 
needs filled is at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront wind door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing the only brand is warehouse services care you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket they have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether you're a classic driver you're a daily driver get everything you need in a fusey clicks to deliver directly to your door why spend it up to 30, 50, 100% more of the same exact auto parts at a chain dealership or a chain store. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, most important prices that you prefer. Those prices at Rock Auto, best of all, are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on there, how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. All right, let us continue here. Uh, matchup Thursday. So six more games we need to talk about here in week three. Let's look at the lines here. So those games, uh, we like the Bengals to keep it close. We like the Giants to handle business against the Falcons here. The Raiders, the 2-0 and Raiders, four-and-a-half point favorites at home, 44-and-a-half the over-under, so not a lot of points. So we want to see some games in the 50s. Don't worry, they're coming, they're coming here it's all the back half of this week folks so that's where the scoring is going to be most done let's look at this game I don't expect a lot of fantasy points in this one Jacoby Brissett starting now for Tua Tagvola officially here Tagvola out with the ribs injury that uh, had to have him carted off the field there against the Bills so he's out Jacoby Brissett this team didn't score a point last week but but I do like Miles Gaskin this week. I think he'll get going. This Raiders run defense, not all that. Gaskin can also get it done, catching some passes here from Brissett and checkdowns here. Do I like anything else? No. Mike Gusecki is just nothing there on the radar at this point in this offense. He scored zero points. Keep that in mind. Jalen Waddell, this uh, Raiders secondary, has played a little bit better than we've expected here, but you can't trust Waddell with Brissett in there. So really, Miles Gaskin is the only play here. You could think about the Dolphins' D, but they've kind of underwhelmed here. They're pretty good in the passing game with their corners, uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and they got some pass rushers, but pretty soft in the running game, so that's really going to hurt their chances here in maybe a negative game script. So not playing the Dolphins' D. Gaskin, if you need him as an RB2 or flex, going to bounce back from that really tough Bills matchup from last week. So that was easy on the Dolphins' side. If you want to play the Raiders' defense, you certainly can. Brissett didn't produce a point, so could make some mistakes here, and the Raiders should have some control given the spread, four and a half. So I think they'll take care of business at home. They played really well at home in week one against the Ravens coming back. This time they won't need a comeback. So that said, I do not like Derek Carr. I do not like Henry Ruggs. I do not like Hunter Renfro. I do not like Brian Edwards. So it's really Darren Waller. Bring out the baller. He's going to be fine against this Dolphins team. They're hurting a tight, a tight end coverage with linebacker and safety. That's where they're going to attack. So keep it simple. Give it to Darren Waller. I also like a big revenge game potentially for Kenyon Drake. Yep. Playing his uh, former team, the Dolphins. Uh, doesn't look good for Josh Jacobs. Already hurt. The toe is gone, but the ankle is still hurting here and uh, hasn't practiced over the week. So not looking good for him. Drake is getting involved in the passing game. You're not really seeing a lot from Peyton Barber. He just doesn't look all that good. He's just a guy to me that's a power back in the early downs. Well, Kenyon Drake, we know, can be pretty special. We saw it with the Cardinals after the Dolphins moved on from him. So the Cardinals move on. The Raiders get him. This is why they got him, because of the hybrid abilities uh, to catch passes. But also, if they needed him in the running game and Jacobs having some issues, they could use him. So like Drake, 
a lot, like Waller a lot. Going to avoid everything else um, except uh, the Raiders' defense in this one at home. I, I like him to cover that four and a half and uh, really take care of business and move to three and zero. One of the early surprises in the season. Speaking of three and zero, I'll be shocked, shocked if this other AFC West team doesn't also keep base and get to three and zero. Yeah, they're in first place. The Raiders and the Broncos tied at two and zero. The Chiefs are one and one. The Broncos are ten and a half point favorites, the biggest number by far this week. 41 and a half hours the over-under, so not expecting a lot of points in this one. We know what the Broncos' M.O. is going to be here if they're playing with the lead. It's going to be run the ball, so I like Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon to get going and maybe produce at the same time this week. Finally, this is their opportunity for Vic Fangio's team. This is the first time where they're very heavily favored, so look for them to get going, and I think they'll wear down this Jets defense over time. That's going to help maybe Gordon or Williams reel off long run. Let's see Williams get in the end zone. Let's see him make it his touches count here, and uh, Gordon, both of them produce here. They were kind of disappointing last week. We don't like to split, but let's try to make the most of it. But because of that, you have to drop them more into borderline flex categories. But I think you can certainly get that with the game script here. Teddy Bridgewater is playing really well. And remember, it's a revenge game for Teddy Bridgewater. He had a cup of coffee with the Jets there before the transition to the Saints. So keep that in mind here that Bridgewater's motivated. He's had two very nice games to start the season. He's playing really well, getting the ball downfield. They won't have to do a lot in this game, but they're going to get numbers for Cordell Sutton and Noah Fant and Tim Patrick in this one. The numbers will be there. They'll use the play action throw downfield. The Jets' pass defense has been pretty good, but part of it is that they've been just demolished there by Christian McCaffrey on the ground, and the Patriots were all over them with uh, Damon Harris and James White, where I think the Broncos will be a little bit more confident, use the play action, get Bridgewater downfield, knowing the Jets are going to bite heavily on the run here. So they'll get the points early. I think you're still looking at like a 250, 2.5 over-under on the touchdown passes for Teddy Bridgewater. I expect quite a bit of running as the Broncos' uh, defense is going to shut things down. So not a lot of resistance from Zach Wilson, where Bridgewater is going to have to put the ball up quite a bit in the second half. So keep that in mind if you're trying to stream Bridgewater this week. You're just looking for solid production. You could get those 20 points easily in this one. But if you're looking for 35, 40 points from your quarterback, you're probably not going to get it from Bridgewater this week. And the defense, yeah, the Broncos defense, best play on the board. Zach Wilson was really struggling against the Patriots with those turnovers last week. Von Miller and company, even without Bradley Chubb, are going to make life difficult on the rookie. So just really tough spots for the rookie. You go from Bill Belichick to Vic Fangio and two very tough uh, pass rushing teams. So Corey Davis, start him at your own risk. He needs enough volume here. It's not like the Broncos' secondary shutdown. Maybe you'll get the rookie Patrick Sertan. So we'll see how it plays out for uh, the garbage time production of the Jets here uh, versus uh, what they did last week and versus what they did in week one where Davis was able to get that. So start him at your own risk. I think he's a wide receiver three with a low ceiling this week in this game given how well the Broncos' defense has played. Again, uh, the Jets, do you look at anything there? Not really. I don't I don't look at anything else uh, besides Davis if you need him. The backfield is still a mess. Let's get Michael Carter the ball, folks. And it's the Michael Carter Javonta Williams game. Let's get them together. They're the North Carolina dynamic guys. Come on, coaches. Get together, Mr. Uh, Michael Floor and Fangio. Let's get these North Carolina guys going. And that's a public service announcement here to do that. They are the best backs on these teams, and we'll see that emerge at some point. So just be patient. We were that way with Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers last year, and it eventually came, and I think it's going to come for Carter and Williams at some point. All right, now let's get to some big games, shall we? Some big, big games where we can't call, really, how they're going to go, but 
This one flipped from the Rams being one and a half point favorites to the Buccaneers being one and a half point road favorites. 55, that's a number. The Sammy Hagar total we're looking for for points here in a game. That means we're going to get some fantasy production from both sides. That's what we want. We want some high scoring between Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. So roll out Brady and Stafford. The Rams defense, yeah, it's tough, but Brady can still light them up. There's too many good matchups for him across the board. Even if Antonio Brown misses the game with COVID-19 issues, it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I don't think Rams can slow down Rob Gronkowski. They might use O.J. Howard a little bit more in the uh, 12 personnel should Brown not be available. We know they also have Scotty Miller if they want to use him and Tyler Johnson. So they'll just find other matchups here to exploit should uh, Brown sit so one of these guys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, maybe interchangeably will get Jalen Ramsey. So that will contain maybe from either of them having a big game because Tom Brady's just going to pivot and throw to whoever isn't on Ramsey and facing that matchup. So interesting, Ramsey can go in the slot and cover. So we'll see if they decide to take away Godwin versus Evans. It's going to be a tough call because I think whoever is left with that other matchup is going to be a bit overmatched in this game. Remember, they don't have Troy Hill anymore in that Rams secondary. So that number two corner spot, a little bit suspect. They're not as strong at safety either there, so that's going to open things up for Gronkowski in the middle field. Linebacker without Corey Littleton has been an issue for the Rams for a couple seasons now. So, yeah, that's where they'll attack for sure this week. The Buccaneers using the middle of the field if they can and avoiding Ramsey. So, again, Mike Evans, uh, Godwin... More in the wide receiver 2-3 borderline this week. Gronkowski stays in as a high-end tight end 1 because he's always a threat to score at this point. Avoiding Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, not interested. This is going to be back and forth. So Brady, Evans, Godwin, Gronkowski. If ever, if uh, Brown plays, I'm not going with him. I just don't think it's going to be a Brown type of game. And if anyone sees uh, Ramsey to contain the big plays from Brady, that could happen as well should Brown go in that game. So... The Bucks defense you can look at. They can make some big plays. Matthew Stafford probably should have multiple interceptions. He had a tipped ball there against the Colts. So they can always make big plays. We know that. And it wouldn't surprise me if they get in control of this game and can tee off there in the second half against the Rams. Rams, we know Cooper Cup has a great matchup here. The Bucks are terrible in the slot. Sean Murphy bunting went on IR, which kind of changed the whole structure of their defense with Ross Cockrell having to play in the slot. So Cooper Cup... He's on fire. There's no reason to think he's going to cool down this game. Let's see a little bit of Robert Wood, shall we? He needs to get going. But you also have Carlton Davis on the other side, up and down. But he can be a tough cornerback matchup with his size on the outside. But couple avoid that. He always gets the juicy matchups over Robert Woods. Woods really struggling not having that third consistent option, whether it's Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson. So let's see if Woods can get going here in this game. It'll be nice. Maybe with the passing volume, it'll get happening, but they also might pivot more to Tyler Higby this week. Uh, this is more of a Higby game. The Bucks not as great at safety. Their linebackers can cover pretty well. We know with the Devin White and Levante David, so maybe a little bit tougher Higby, but I think if they can get him involved there, he could definitely be their second leading receiver behind Cooper Cup in this game. would not surprise me, but let's get Robert Woods going. He deserves it. Not that uh, same chemistry we've seen between Woods and Matthew Stafford that we saw with Woods and Jared Goff because you would get Woods his balls while Cup, it just seems to be a quarterback's best friend no matter what in the situation. Now in the backfield, does Daryl Henderson suit up for the Rams? That's a big question in this one. The Bucks' run defense is very hard to run on, so maybe it's not important to us this week if he's banged up. Sonny Michel, however, if he can 
get all the touches. If it's a Henderson-Michelle split, not that interested. But if you're desperate and Michelle's going to be the lead back and there's no other options, then there's always a chance for a short touchdown here because you only have to get one yard to get a touchdown here, even against a tough run defense. So I think the Rams will be in position to score often, so you could get a cheapy score there, even if it's like a 50-yard rushing game from uh, – Michelle replacing Anderson, but if they're both out there, not interested at all because it could be kind of a rotation deal against a pretty tough run defense and so not going there. Rams defense, however, I would sit. I know they had a good game against Tom Brady last year, but this is Tom Brady zoned in to a different style of offense this year. So, yeah, not going with the Rams. Playing the Bucks, I feel better about Stafford making a mistake that's going to help you pay off there versus the other way around. All right. We do have three more games to talk about. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. These are all higher scoring games, including a one that has a higher total than the one we just talked about. So, teaser there, then we'll get through Sunday night and Monday night football as well on the show. We're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the Gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season with new updates, side and interface, even more odds and props and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use a mobile device time today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, use that promo code NFL100 for that 100% welcome bonus to double your initial deposit at BetOnline. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon in your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cashback in your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cashback, and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50% per gallon cashback on your first tank. That's the code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. All right, time to close the show. Three more games. We promise the highest scoring game, according to Vegas this week, will be the Seahawks at the Vikings. Two and a half is the spread in favor of the visitors. The visitors are one and one. Blew that game the Seahawks did against the Titans in fourth quarter in overtime. So they're losing, and they're coming in and going on the road here. They're a very good road team. We know that under Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Vikings 0-2, two tough, tough finishes against the Bengals there and the Cardinals. So two games they probably could have and should have won, maybe. But now they're slight underdogs at home, less than a field goal, 2.5. 55.5 is the total. Why? Because these two defenses are not very good. Let's start with Russell Wilson. He's locked and loaded as a high-end QB1 every week, feeling it in Shane Waldron's offense. Tyler Lockett, yeah, lock him in there. He's going to go off again in this one. This could be a DK Metcalf game as well. He's got a bit of a knee issue, but he's good to go here. Vikings have Patrick Peterson, but he's slowing down. And if they put him one-on-one with DK Metcalf, uh, yeah, Metcalf is going to blow right by him. He's an older corner. I know Patrick Peterson came in with a lot of speed, but hasn't looked that good. Vikings are not deep here in the slot as well. So, yeah, 
Lockin Metcalf and Lockin, you also have Freddie Swain maybe out here. So a third receiver out and D. Eskridge, their rookie, could also be out. So it could be all about the two wide receivers in this game for the Seahawks there. And uh, Chris Carson, he's always in your lineup as a strong RB2 with some RB1 upside. His usage is always there. No Rashad Penny again. So the principals here, Wilson and Carson and Metcalf and Lockett are good to go for the Seahawks. Not playing their defense, not at all in this game. Going to avoid their tight ends. It, kind of inconsistent here miss with between Gerald Everett and Will Disley not going there in this game. For the Vikings, guess what? It's also about the quarterbacks and the two wide receivers and the primary back. The question is, who's the primary back this week? Dalvin Cook has an ankle injury. Came in and out of that game against the Cardinals last week. Is it Alexander Madison time here to play against the Seahawks? And funny enough, uh, Cook was hurt against the Seahawks last time. So now we'll see if Madison fills in in a rather large role for him. See if he can be rather productive. The Seahawks were just completely gashed by Derrick Henry there in the second half and overtime mainly. So let's hope Dalvin suits up. If not, Alexander Madison could be an excellent plug and play for you this week. Adam Thielen, I don't think there's anyone in the Seahawks who can cover him in the slot anywhere he lines up. K.J. Osborne has helped expand the three receiver sets, but I don't see Osborne as being as a good individual play. Again, I think with the Vikings and Seahawks, it's going to be more about their two receivers here. So, great duel ahead. So, if you've got Thielen versus Lockett doing their damage with their slot work and the red zone and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be happy. You're also going to be happy about Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. It's time. It's about time we get a big game from Justin Jefferson with yardage and scoring. I think it comes in this one against the Seahawks secondary. So, Great duel, wide receiver duel, good quarterback duel. If you need Kirk Cousins, play him for sure. This one, he's come out on fire. And the Vikings' defense stinks. They're having to throw a lot more than they would like. And with uh, Kirk possibly missing in the game, that could also force them to do that. As the Seahawks are going to try to build a big lead and open all of that up. So all the principles of this game we like. Avoid the defenses in this one for sure this week. Sunday Night Football brings us the Packers and 49ers. The 49ers are three-point favorites still. It's 50.5 is the over-under in this one. So we're expecting quite a few points here. Aaron Rodgers, good rebound game, mainly with the Aaron Jones ticket, opening him up there against the Lions. So Aaron Jones should have a lot of success. The 49ers should play a little bit of zone, open things up here again trust uh, in Aaron Jones to uh, get the ball quite a bit here for the Packers. So I think you play Aaron Rodgers in this game. The 49ers secondary is banged up. Emmanuel Mosley could return, but Jason Verrett's down. Their pass rush has got Nick Bosa, but very little. We will watch an injury potentially there for the Packers. Elgin Jenkins, their fine young left tackle, could be missing this game. So we'll watch that, monitor that. But I think Aaron Rodgers got going last year against the injury-riddled 49ers team. I know they've been a bugaboo for him defensively, but he's already had that clunker in week one. I think he's refocused here. Do I expect a monster game from Aaron Rodgers? No, because I think Jones is going to be rather involved here in this game plan, and uh, I think it's going to be more of the balance. We saw Rodgers had the big your last year. Jones had the 19 touchdowns the year before. It's going to be kind of meeting in the middle where you probably get the 12 to 13 scores there from Aaron Jones, and you probably get more of that 35 to 30 touchdown range here from Aaron Rodgers this year. So that's how it's going to bounce out quite a bit. So I, I think you'll see a bounce attack. So you start the usual suspects. Devontae Adams has a great matchup in this game. It may be the best matchup on the board with his 49ers secondary really ailing. So this feels like a Devontae breakout game with Aaron Rodgers to put up those numbers. So good stack there in this game if you're looking to play it to a single game slate. 
or playing a bigger slate, you can look there. So Jones, Adams, Rogers, all good to go. Robert Tunyon is going to be inspired by his buddy George Kittle on the other side. So Tunyon really looked good last week. Even with limited targets, he's a guy that Aaron Rodgers looks to in key situations all the way through the red zone. So those are the main guys for Packers. I wouldn't extend anyone else like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We're not seeing any usage there. And A.J. Dillon, you can't go there with the limited work behind Jones at this point. So get those principles in for the Packers, the big four, uh, Rodgers, Jones, Adams, and Tunyon. On the 49ers side of things, Debo Samuel, we're still going to play him, but I think the numbers are going to go down with Jerry Alexander. It really depends on if they use Brandon Ayuk more and they trust him because they need a second target there. With Debo, you can focus in, and Jerry Alexander is going to do that. So the teams with multiple weapons and spraying the field, George Kittle, however, can smash the Packers here. He's used to doing that in his career. The Packers cannot cover the tight end. We saw that. With the Saints, uh, Juwan Johnson scoring twice, and then you had uh, TJ Hawkinson score and have a big game for the Lions. So Kittle is probably going to be the primary target here. We'll see if they work in Ayuk and uh, Debo there. I think I'm going to bench the 49ers defense. As far as running backs, this is what we're going to watch for. Jermichael Hasty is not going to play with a high ankle sprain, so he's already ruled out. We already know Raheem Mostert's down for the count. Jeff Wilson is not available. So we're looking at Eli Mitchell. Is his shoulder going to be healed enough? He didn't practice early week, so good chance he misses the game. So what we're looking for early is Trey Sermon. He had the concussion on his first carry last week uh, there against the Eagles, so maybe he can recover. He's been limited in practice, but he's got to be cleared before Sunday night before he can go in this game. So watch out for Trey Sermon potentially starting. They signed Jack, Jock Patrick, former Bengal, former XFL, or see if they get him involved here this week. So a lot of stuff to be uh, watched for there with this uh 49ers backfield. Uh, it's really hard because it's a Sunday night game. You're going to have to make some decisions. So unless you've given yourself all the 49ers backfield options, and I think in one league I have Sermon and Patrick, and I feel good that maybe I can use one of those guys in this game by the time it kicks off uh, as a flex maybe. But otherwise, just avoid. It's just really hard to go there this week. So I'm not also interested in Jimmy Garoppolo at all if Samuel gets contained and Kittle is the only source of production in this game. All right, finally, our last game we'll look at is Monday Night Football. 51.5 is the over-under. It's the Eagles traveling to the Cowboys. 3.5-point favors. Dallas is at home against Philadelphia. So hoping for some points here between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Both of those guys are QB1s for you this week for sure. In the backfield, uh, it's tough with Philadelphia. The Cowboys are pretty loaded at linebacker and maybe can slow things down. Austin Eckler didn't really go off last week, and Miles Sanders dealing with uh, Kenny Gainwell. But Sanders still with his volume is still an RB2. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, will remain an RB1 this week. We'll see about Tony Pollard. They could use him. The Eagles have struggled a little bit with running backs the first two weeks with the versatility out of the backfield. So Eagles also have a good pass rush, and their secondary is playing well, where they could contain Amari Cooper here and CeeDee Lamb. So that could mean a lot of dump-offs and usage for Elliott and Pollard. So if you need Pollard as a deep league flex, go there. Elliott is an RB2, RB1 borderline. Same thing with Sanders this week. Use them. Not interested in the Eagles' wide receivers, by the way. Devonta Smith, tough matchup against former Alabama teammate Trayvon Diggs. They can move around. Jalen Rieger, just not connecting all the way. Dallas Goddard, however, I like the Cowboys' safeties are banged up. Dallas Goddard, we know, named after the Dallas Cowboys. Some envy there that the Cowboys didn't get him. He's going to do some damage here in this game. So Goddard, I think, is going to be busy. Zach Ertz is on the COVID list, so he could miss this game. So that also opens things up for Goddard. So... Devonta Smith, I drop more to wide receiver three flex if you need him this week in deeper leagues. Goddard is definitely a back-end uh, tight end one, not interested in Rieger. Hurts is a middle-of-the-road QB1, not playing the Eagles defense on the road. 
And let's look at the Cowboys side of things again. Amari Cooper could see Darius Slay, and that could slow things down. This uh, Eagles pass defense has been pretty good. They did allow a nice game to Debo Samuel, but I think CeeDee Lamb, more profiles like Debo in this offense. So Amari Cooper could see it a little bit difficult with their coverage here in this game. And uh, you look at CeeDee Lamb, I think he'll be just fine. He could have a very big game in this one, I think, just working in the middle of the field and all that. And uh, Cedric Wilson helping them in 11 personnel to spread it so Lamb can be in the middle of the field or working on the Eagles, a weakness there in the middle. So, again, I like uh, him a lot. Uh, Cooper Moore falls into wide receiver 2-3 borderline. I think uh, Lamb bumps up to wide receiver 1 for me this week. Elliott will be fine in this one. I think he'll score another touchdown here. And uh, Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts, about the same level of QB1. So, even game, some pretty good production all around, but some specifics there that we got into on who you should be playing. And I'm going to avoid the Cowboys defense even though it's Monday night home, emotional bump in this one. All right, uh, that uh, wraps up our look at the eight games here on the schedule for uh, the back half of week three. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Fantasy Football. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, at Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we wrapped up a matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday. If you missed any of the breakdowns of the games on a previous show, do that so you get a complete look at week number three. Well, it's not totally complete because we'll have tomorrow a look at uh, Thursday Night Football, breaking it down, what we saw between the Panthers and Texans, injury updates you need to know going into the weekend's games, as well as putting all that we've learned with the matchups into a DFS blender, spitting out guys you should target there on DraftKings and FanDuel for week number three. For this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer for LOFF. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Good luck if you have anyone going in the game tonight.